everyone. Time for Puzzle Talk, the geocaching puzzle podcast brought to you by the Geocache Talk Network. If you'd like to become a patron, click on the Become a Patron link on the front page of the Geocache Talk website. That's the heart on the page there. Or you can head over to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get the now famous blackout coin and other geocaching items during the year, as well as bonus content and invites to special events only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as bison tube level. That is $3 a month. Well, let me welcome to Puzzle Talk for tonight, Mr. Charles Watkins, Pathfinder 33, and Tom Brotherman, Electric Waterboy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy right there. Um, Good evening, gentlemen. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> Have you recovered? No. <laughs> no. I should have called in sick or something. <laughs> Next year. Hey, Lori Post got it. Oh, did Lori get it? Lori Good got job, it. Lori. That took a all of one minute. Yeah. That's right. She did it at 8.01. Sure, I got it. That's great. Oh, Bill Miller's iced tea. That's got to be Charles. I mean, uh, Tom. Yep. And uh, most people don't know about Bill Miller's. I love, I always love Bill Miller's, but I'm surprised. Bill Miller's. <laughs> I'm glad they're still around. We used to, Bill Miller's sweet tea is like, you could eat it with a spoon, Bill Miller's yeah, sweet tea. I get the unsweet. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could, you can put a spoon in Bill Miller's sweet tea and it'll stand up. It'll stand up straight. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Obviously, big news is Podcast of Hope was this last weekend. That's right. We raised a ton of money and want to say thank you to all of our viewers for con contributing. Um, we couldn't have done this without you. Um, you know, we're we're just a little little old show, um, but we're grateful and thankful for every last one of our people who donated to um helping St. Jude's and um, childhood cancer. Um, we really appreciate it. We're up over the $10,000 mark. Um, our link stays good for um, 30 days. So if you want to, uh, if you missed the podcast of hope and didn't get to donate, but you would still like to donate to St. Jude's children's research hospital, please, please. The links down there at the bottom um, every, I promise you every last penny counts yes. uh, and, and they squeeze everything they can out of every last penny that's donated. So please, if you are financially in a position to where you can still help us donate to St. Jude's, please, we encourage you to do so. And thank you to everyone who has, um, we got up and over the $10,000 mark and shattered our goal of $8,000. So thank Incredible. you. And yeah. our guests are pretty cool too. There was that one boring girl from New York that you couldn't get to say much. Yeah. She, she's, a, she's a firecracker, ain't she? Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's got a lot of fines too for a she's gotta be her and I guess Barsky is kind of a celebrity. I mean he's a television producer. I kind of consider him a little bit of a celebrity, but I mean, yeah, but 
who would you rather have as a tool in the car right. with you, Barsky or <laughs> Stephanie or Action Trinity? Yeah, Action Trinity. Say, Stephanie, can you climb that tree? Oh, absolutely. There's no a problem. cache a hundred feet up that tree. Can you go get it? <laughs> Not a problem. Leap out of the leap out of it. That's make, it. Make a perfect landing. On fire. Uh, yes, <laughs> on fire. Yes, Albedo. It was a fun night. It was. Uh, lots of pressure. No, there's never, never a lot of pressure. We, we just keep, uh, we just keep, uh, upping our game a little bit, I guess, in different ways. Uh, but yeah, she was, she was a lot of fun and you guys were great. Uh, we, we had a lot of fun with the network, uh, doing different things. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think for next time we need to like put a thing up once it hits ten o'clock and say this is geocache talk after dark and after dark. <laughs> yeah, because I know you didn't intend it that way, but that one game headed that way pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, it, it did, but that's a, <laughs> that's all right. Um, that was fun though. It was. Um, you guys want to talk a little bit about this? What is that? Yeah. What is? Wait. Did we? Did we announce that? We did announce that. You were there. You spilled the beans, didn't you? Send help. <laughs> He's got the help. He's got the paddle. That's good. <laughs> we could set Twonky on fire. That's <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, that would be bad, but uh, yeah, we spilled the beans. Worldwide CashCon 2021, January 30th, uh, 10 a.m. in the morning, Central Time, till 6 p.m. Also Central Time on a Saturday, so we don't Saturday. have to call in sick the next day. Yeah, <laughs> thank goodness. Um, there won't be a regular show probably on Sunday of that week. I don't know how many shows will be um, postponed. I wouldn't say postponed. I don't know how to put it. They're all going to be kind of lumped into that one because we're spending a lot of time. We're going. We're we're already <laughs> starting to spend a lot of time on. Uh, on worldwide cash con, but worldwide cash con is going to be great. We've, uh, it's going to be very different. Um, uh, it's not a podcast. So if you have friends that don't like podcasts, but want to go, you know, want to watch something else different, then this is the event, uh, obviously for caching. So there's geocachers, but they're, they'd want to watch more of a, of a show. Like you're watching a, uh, television show it's gonna be more probably formatted like like that so um but really first came up with it though i thought i thought it was a crazy idea when you run that up the flagpole ain't nobody gonna salute and as usual i was wrong with that kind of stuff um <laughs> uh, if i may let me show a very very short video from from that from sunday night with um with our president, our, our fearless leader, Brian Roth. Yeah, but oh, we you do. Go ahead. What are you going to say? No, go ahead. Push go for it. All right. Here we go. But well, we do. would like to talk about something tonight that we're hoping would be a good positive addition to the community. Um, and uh, I don't know, Gary, Brian, either one of y'all want to take what? take it from here? I'm, I'm happy to talk about it a little okay. bit. Go so, for it. So so I'll, we'll take a step back and, and just say that you guys approached us and you said, Hey, we, we've got an idea. Everybody's on lockdown. You know, this game has changed. Um, 
we have an idea of something that we can do for the community. And we said, you know, okay, what does this look like? What can we do? Um, do, you, do you want me to, to tell everybody? Are we, are we ready for that? Yeah, go. We... let's All do right, it. So... Let's finally give the, the word. So and, okay. uh, Derek, I think, has got a graphic we're going to bring up too. So go ahead, though. Go ahead, Brian. So, so on January 30th, yep. the, the Geocache Talk Network is putting on something that will be called a Worldwide CacheCon 2020, 2021. And it's basically going to be an online uh, geocaching convention. Um, it's not a mega event. It's not a regular event. There's no souvenirs or anything like that, but it's an opportunity for geocachers to get together and have, there's going to be a, a digital presentation starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and it's going to run uh, 6 PM is when sort of the closing ceremony starts. And I don't want to give away too much about the, about the schedule, but it's, it's kind of a full day, um, almost like what you would see on stage at a mega event throughout the course of the day, um, except that everybody's gonna be able to participate from home and, and tune in. Um, it's a way for us to get that community feeling without being um, all together. And it's something where, you know, for, for Geocaching HQ, one of the things that we're gonna do is we're gonna promote it. We're gonna try and tell everybody this is open to all geocachers all over the world. Yep. Um, again, Worldwide CacheCon 2021, thanks to the, the Geocache Talk Network. And uh, I know I'll be participating and, and a bunch of other uh, a bunch of other folks will be participating and hopefully everybody wants to tune in and it's going to be just one of those things that hasn't exactly been done before. Uh, but, but I know everybody is super excited about, about it. And, and these guys are really the ones to be credited with the idea and the execution and, you know, HQ is really just playing a support role, yep. uh, but, but we're super excited to see it happen. Well, there you go. You know, you got to give you more credit, Gary, because you really didn't spill the beans even when it was time to spill the beans. You let Brian do it. <laughs> let Brian do it. Well, you know, it always looks good when the president does it. So, um, yes, will there be vendors involved? Good question, Lori. Yeah, we've already already been talking to them a little bit. Uh, they're going to be pr providing lots of different things. I know that uh, at the very least, I know all of them want to uh, take a moment and give a chance for um, discounts. You know, they want to they, they want to sell their wares, and a lot of them can't. Most of them sell their their product at events, and right now it's a little tough to sell at an event when there isn't really many events. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be great to to give them a chance to be part of that. Um, and Sherry, yeah, at, that was at that was at ten ten o'clock that night. Yeah, we, we hit we, ten thousand. We were eight, but we went yeah, we went all the way up to ten. So we were pretty excited about. We went over ten. So there's your fundraising dot dot org forward slash poh twenty twenty. So yeah, there's um there's gonna be a lot of cool things uh, that'll be involved. Um, yes, virtual brisket. Um, We'll be there, so we'll slice you up some brisket and. Uh, That's right. I know you Charles. Can have, Charles you can have virtual. Salsa. I'm gonna get the real thing. <laughs> he has some homemade salsa he's made that he's gonna virtually provide to everybody. So. That's so right. I, you gotta, you gotta risk it for the brisket, baby. Right. That's Bucky's. Uh, all right. 
it's enough of that. Just uh, stay tuned for more, um, <clears throat> more about Worldwide Cash Con as as the time goes on. So there you go. That's right. All right. Um, so getting into tonight's show. Yep. Coordinates. Coordinates. Um, this was a show idea that was thrown out. Um, that got sent to me. Um, I think it was sent to me through the messenger service um, for one of our people who won one of my tags. Um, I think Nicole is the one that sent it to me and said, Hey, I'd like, you know, this would be a cool show about coordinates. And so um, we're going to talk about coordinates, coordinate formats and how to convert in between the two, because there are some puzzles, some multi caches, um, that require you to know different coordinate formats. Um, and so with that, we've got some tools for you to use. Um, like always, um, geocachingtoolbox.com is going to be a go-to for this. They um, have a coordinate converter feature on there. Um, Tom dropped in the show notes about PhysiCalc. Um, I don't think I have ever used PhysiCalc at all. So, PhysiCalc will only do the degrees, minutes, degrees, minutes, seconds, UTM, and I can't remember what the other one is. I think it's just PhysiCalc. degrees, 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 minutes, or degrees, minutes, seconds, or UTM. It only does those four. Where Geocaching Toolbox does a boatload of them. Right. And I'm going to share my screen. I put in the show notes a website for pgc.umn.edu slash apps slash convert. It's a University of Minnesota um, website. Um, and so dun, 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 dun. it's in here somewhere. I'm adding it to the banner so people can see it as well. And so this is what their website looks like. Um, oh, okay. That looks cool. Convert between decimal degrees, uh, degrees, decimal minutes, degrees, minutes, seconds. It'll give you your WGS 84 um, for your polar regions and for um, your, oh. for your North Pole and South Pole. So it'll give you um, – because obviously, as coordinates get closer, um, these things get really wonky. And so it converts a bunch of stuff. Um, but this is one that I use to convert between decimal degrees um, and uh, degrees, decimal minutes or whatnot for some puzzle caches that I have done in the past that give you coordinates in different formats. So um, there's that. Um, as a resource for people to use. You know, one of the common mistakes I hear people say with uh, our coordinates, they'll say degrees, minutes, seconds, and that's not what geocaching.com uses. It's just degrees, minutes. Yeah, it's a degrees and decimal minutes. So you got degrees, and then you got a two minutes, decimal point, three sub-minute groups. Yeah, you got oh. to finish the three places. I always thought those were seconds, but yeah. No. That makes more yeah. sense. It, um, right. And so if you don't know what your coordinate format actually looks like, right. 
you could be thinking that you're in one when you're definitely not. And it makes a huge difference in where you actually are standing in the world. Um, sometimes when you're in a, when you have punched your coordinates in, in the wrong, incorrectly into the wrong format, you could end up thousands of feet off somewhere else. Which I know y'all will get into. Another one that was shared uh, with us tonight, Sanders Sooners brought up Cashluth. Pull that one up, uh, Charles, and talk a little bit about Cashluth. I think that's a pretty cool site. We're going to have to add that to the, uh, the Wiki Bruce. If he's, uh, I don't know if he's in the in tonight, we'll have to send him a note. But pull up old Cashluth. That's a pretty, pretty slick little one there. Thank you for that. You know, I said geocaching.com just uses degrees minutes, but your handheld GPS will do whatever you want it to do. Will it do seconds? At least most of them will. It'll do second. You can put in a degree minute second format if you wanted to. Oh, okay. But if you try to put degrees minutes into a, a GPS setup for degrees minutes seconds, you're not going to end up where you think you're going to. Right. All right, here we go. So here's the cash sleuth. And uh, they down have, a little bit, you can see that. Yeah, go ahead. They have a, a, con, a coordinate converter and map link right here. And so, as you come down, I'm, I'm assuming that if you type in a coordinate here, it will then convert it to every other format. So, there's your antipode plus code MGRS UTM geohash. I don't know what geohash is. Um, what three words? We'll talk about that. I've uh, heard of geohash. I can't remember what that is. And it'll give you an elevation for it as well. So, um, yeah, pretty slick. Let's let's try this real quick. Um, it'll do all sorts of stuff. See if I can make this. Let's see. Well, it's not going to let me copy and paste. Thanks, Hugh. Yeah, that was it. Was a it was a good night. It was it was a lot of. <laughs> if you noticed, I didn't I didn't get up. I, I sat there for eight straight hours. I know everybody else kind of moved around, but I actually actually made it. Very very careful. Very carefully. Didn't didn't move much at the end because I was uh, needing to use the facilities, but I wanted to wait till we were done. So. And I didn't get to bed till like almost two that night. I couldn't, because you got a little adrenaline flowing at that point. <laughs> oh, man, I, I got to bed, moved the dogs over, and I was out. You were out like a light. Do -do, do -do, gone. Anyway, that's another another one. We'll add all these. I'll send these to Mr. Wiki Bruce, and we'll get him to add those to the, to the, uh, the tool of all tools, the wiki Bruce. Oh yeah. I figured it out. Hang on. Let me, let me, okay, you're fine. Um, not having ever done this before was, uh, so up here at the top, there was a spot to enter coordinates. And so I entered a set of coordinates from a geocaching page that we'll show later. Um, but 
it gives you your degrees, your degree decimal minutes, your decimal degrees, your degrees, minutes, and seconds, your elevation, um, what three words, antipode, plus code, your MGRS, and UTM, geohash, and your natural area code. Uh, oh, cool. So, and then there's a QR code that gets you to, and this is exactly where this map right here is exactly where the first stage to a multi-cache is um, down here at a telephone pole um, out here in northern Colorado, just just south of the Wyoming border. Um, so, yeah, that is a neat um, that is a neat tool. Thank you, Sanders Sooners, for throwing that out there. Um, we'll have to get that added into our um, screen of tools. Yeah, I threw that in the show notes, but yeah, we'll add that to Wiki Bruce because that's yeah. that's we're trying to get everything put into one, just so that it's easier for people to best we can try to put everything in one. Antipode. That was a fifty cent word in there. I, I have know a that uses that. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Let's see if I can. And I know I've done one with geohash too, but I can't. I forgot all about that one. But natural area code, I've never seen that, so that's got my gear gears in my head <laughs> clanging right now. <laughs> your, your antenna popped up. Boop, what, oh, what, what, what natural area that? code? I can come up with something for that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go over a couple of these formats and let people look at them. Um, that way, in case, for whatever reason, people don't know what they're looking at, um, hopefully um, we'll help figure some of that out. So we're going to share these real quick. Um, it's our show notes. You want to bring that? I'm going to share that. I've got it in the words. I've got it in a word file. You want me to bring that up where it's that I've got it in a word file where it doesn't show everything all at once. If you want me to bring that up. Nah, it will be all right. All right. Let's see if we can look at that. Um, and then I can scroll over like that. Look yeah, at that. that looks good. All right. So there's your degrees and decimal minutes at the top. This is what is typically what geocaching.com uses as a coordinate format. Um, they also use UTM, um, but this is the one that is the default for, um, for the geocaching.com website. Um, below that is the degrees, minutes, seconds, right? So you have your 29 degrees, 35 minutes and 0, 0.00 seconds, right? Whereas the top one is 29 degrees and then it's 35.000 minutes, right? Yeah. Works everywhere, Hugh. Is that what you're saying? Will work or is it just for the USA? Now, you can't no. say someplace in Canada. You can say someplace in the US. We, 
that doesn't really work down here. But anyway, we, we do use the go down to the first tree, take a right. So that works too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's decimal degrees. Um, decimal degrees um, is what a lot of um, hikers, backpackers, mountain climbers use because um, decimal degrees or um, UTM is what most um, climbing maps are done in. Um, oh, okay, cool. It's easy for um, UTM and, and decimal degrees is easy to convert, easy to use on the fly. Um, it converts very easily. So you have um, decimal degrees is, you know, 29 degree, 29.583333333 degrees, right? Um, and then more or less, this is roughly true. Obviously, the um, further you go north, um, it, it doesn't hold as true. But generally speaking, the fifth digit in the decimal degrees. Uh -huh. so one, two, three, four, five. So this third three, if you stopped right there, that three, if you went from three to four, you move roughly one meter north, right? So the fifth digit in uh, decimal degrees is roughly the meter spot. So, oh, so five, eight, three, three, four is one meter north of five, eight, three, 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 eight, three, three, three. Okay. Oh, okay. More or less. Right. Right. And the same for the, the West coordinates, right. Or the East coordinates, depending on um, which hemisphere you're in. Um, this also works for going South for our Aussie friends, right. um, but three, 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 the um, the fifth digit one two three four five so that three right there the last one that's highlighted if it was a four or a two moves you roughly one meter in space um, left or right oh, okay uh, east or west east right? or west yeah and then the fifth digit so that comes into play because I've found some. I've had a couple of caches where um, they tell you to uh, add 512 meters to your north coordinates and subtract, you know, 418 meters from your west coordinates and and go to that spot. And so it was a projection waypoint on a multi-cache, but if you didn't understand that where to start adding your meters at, um, at least in de decimal degrees, that fifth digit is the one that you start adding for single meters. Um, and it will more or less, uh, get you where you need to go. Oh, okay. Fifth digit is kind of the last is for meters. Okay. Or well, yeah. Right. That's interesting. So do you think that when people well, is there, I guess by looking at the format, you can kind of get an idea of if the person, the, the cash owner is 
more than likely wanting you to think like a mountain climber. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Well, if you make the connection, because if yeah. you don't think about decimal degrees and you're stuck in degrees, decimal minutes, well, you get the numbers. You you know, if we just use what's up here, you're going to get the first two numbers right. You'll say 29 and you'd say, hey, I'm on to something. Right. And, you, and they may have the West separate and you get the 98 and you say, yeah, I've got this figured out. Yeah. And then you hit so, that five, eight instead of three, five. And you're like, yeah, five, eight. What did I do wrong. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, you got it exactly right. Keep going. But if you don't know, you don't right. know the other systems, you're kind of hosed. The other thing to this is that all all of these coordinate formats right here that Tom pulled for us, um, the the DDM, the DMS, the DD, the UTM, the MGRS, and the what three words, all of these coordinates are the exact same spot on the planet, right? right. And so you can look at them and say, ah, oh, this would, you know, so if they give you coordinates in a certain format that you're not used to, um, they're probably doing that for a reason, right? To up the difficulty on it. Um, but at the same time, if you don't know what format you need to be in to make some of what they're doing happen, you obviously can tell by putting the a wrong number in somewhere, uh, you end up in a completely different uh, spot. So, um, the UTM and the MGRS are are both close to um, each other. Right. UTM's uh, fourteen Romeo that tells you which um, the planet is divided up into. Um, what is it? Uh, Weird. <laughs> a thousand. A thousand meters squares, right? So they're kilometer squares, um, and and different sections of the map have different numbers. So fourteen Romeo versus fourteen Tango is a completely different section of the map. So when people give you coordinates in UTM and they tell you you need to be at fourteen Romeo or fourteen Sierra or fourteen Tango. That letter is important because that is a diff. That is a completely different section of the map of the world, um, off by, um, you know, uh, a, you know, a thousand, a thousand kilometers, right? A thousand one kilometer, a thousand meters. No, no, it, it's oh, a, it's big. It's a thousand kilometers, so. So your 14 Romeo grid identifier, map identifier, is a thousand kilometers by a thousand kilometers square, right? Okay, because I've got I got a weird picture I could show you guys too that you can talk about, Charles, if you want me to um, share the. Yeah, let me get through this real quick. Yeah, no problem. I was going to show you the, the MGRS. I found a, a one's weird photo well yeah no, it's, UTM, it talks about this it shows the grids which i thought was interesting right so the and, one thing about um utm and mgrs is they have what are called eastings and yeah. 
veins um, <laughs> or their westings and su- south southing southing southings northings so they go they give you your east coordinates first right so you need to go east you know whatever this designation is 564,000 566 meters or, um, gotcha. Whatnot. And then North your, your Northings. So it te- has you run and then rise on the map. Um, and then MGRS is uh, roughly the same way. Your 14 Romeo November tango is your section of the world in which you're working in, right? Your 14 Romeo, and then November Tango is another grid identifier in there. Um, but this gives you what in the military is called a 10 digit grid 6456672802. So the first five digits of this are your Eastings. Oh, wow. Right. And then your second set of five digits is your Northings. And what this does is a 10-digit grid gives you plus or minus one square meter on the ground, right? So if this 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 entire coordinate right here is plus or minus one meter on the ground, right? And so the less accurate your um, coordinates are, so if you only had an eight-digit grid, eight-digit grid is plus or minus 10 meters, a six-digit grid is plus or minus 100 meters, Right. So it gives you in the ballpark. It depends on um, whether you're trying to shoot a missile through a window or if you're, <laughs> or if you're just trying to, uh, you know, drop an atom bomb on a town and destroy it. Right? <laughs> you don't need it. it depends on how accurate you need it to be. Right. Uh, and so a 10 digit grid um, is plus or minus one one square meter on the ground. Um, in theory, the military could use that coordinate system launch a missile and impact the ground plus or minus one meter to where this place really is. So um, in the military, a 10 digit grid was, was like the creme de la creme of um, GPS readings is so, um, and that was as accurate as you more or less could be on the ground um, at least in the day. So when you were, doing your army pathfinder you would use y'all used mgrs probably for the the military oh yeah that was the only thing that we used yeah Uh, i at the time i had a um we had uh what was called a a plugger uh pl plugr uh is a giant handheld gps unit like the size of a quaker oats box you know, right. and it just was monstrous. It was like the car phones in Miami Vice, you know, um, you could carry it around in a little purse. But right. thing was that thing, it spit out MGRS and it would also spit out a couple of other formats, um, kind of dependent on um, what your application was. But those things were, um, you know, for as, as big and bulky as they were, they really were fairly accurate um and then there's what three words in down here yep 
Um, so all of these coordinate formats put you at the same spot on the planet. Um, and so just by looking at it, you can tell that there's differences between them. Knowing what those differences are um, kind of will help you navigate through some puzzle caches um, and then even some multi-caches um, as we'll take a look at here. I've got one example to show. Cool. Uh, and so there you go. Um, nice. And that was all pulled out. Bert um, wants to buy one of those, by the way, if you have a, if you still have your plugger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not be available uh, to the, to yeah, the, the, the army's, the army's done several upgrades since those old school pluggers. Um, but, uh, what we had some we had some on display at Geo Woodstock. In, oh yeah, at the maze. I was going to ask yeah. that one in the maze was that a was that a plugger? Yeah, and that was on loan to us from Carrot the, Killer. The, yeah, Carrot Killer got it. He's Carrot Killer's uh, active duty stationed at Fort Hood, and he um, got it on loan. And got permission to to bring it to us um, for the display, and so it was kind of neat. But the military, um, he signed it out from the arms room and was on the hook for it. So if it went missing, right, um, you know, probably wouldn't have wouldn't have been a good day for him in the end. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. So those are the different formats for people who don't know what they look like or didn't know that there was more than just the two formats that geocaching.com uses um, and whatnot. So, yeah. So going back to that plugger for a minute and burnt, burnt turtles once one, I just need to remind you, you can't go buy batteries for that thing at Walmart. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That, that no. Batteries in that thing were something else. And those things it, were. <laughs> it, it's, it's a single battery and it's about that big around. Um, it's, it was huge, and it was about that. It's about six inches long. Yeah, um, weighed about thirty-seven pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a little screw top. It comes off. You dump the battery down in it, and then it's got a giant oh, antenna that you got to flip up, <laughs> whatnot. It's it. Uh, you know, the fun part about that is that I learned later on um, in my military career that they had some of those that were encrypted. Oh, for that special forces people use, and they could send text messages back and forth between plugger devices. Um, I didn't know, at, you know, when I was a little private, they didn't teach me all that. They didn't cool teach stuff. all that good stuff. Um, you know, no, when I'm trying to make, you know, uh, when I got to a point in my career where um, I was doing some uh, more high speed stuff, uh, it, it, that stuff came out um, and I was like, no way, really? Um, so kind of neat. But when, uh, when you're just, you know, a lowly private in the army, they don't teach you all that fun stuff uh, unless you need to know. So. Yeah. Cause you'd be texting your buddies, bring beer and ammo. That order. So, <laughs> yeah. If we had beer, um, you know, we had to sneak some of that stuff too. So. I wanted to show this real quick so you can kind of maybe explain. This is the MGRS grid for the South Pole. 
Oh, that's not the arena set up for the ZZ Top concert. That's no, you're not like seating in. But <laughs> yeah, I'll try to make it larger so people can see the. Can I get it to go bigger without goofing up my whole screen? Maybe not. That's decent, I guess. But so when you're talking about these squares, they change size because of the earth is not, you can't, the earth is not two dimensional. So, all right. So the South pole is really uh, a, a bad choice to use for this. There's the North pole. Yeah, that's not a, so let me, uh, not a good example either. Maybe. Yeah. That's not a good example either. <laughs> trying to get to work better but it doesn't uh, it, it my my screen keeps changing but that's okay hang uh -huh. on because i've got one here okay this um so this is what it looks like so here's your mercator projection <laughs> right so here's 18 tango right oh okay i guess this you. is so when you're looking at this so this 18 Tango, New York City is right at the south end of it. So if you want to jump over to um, an 18 Tango covers this whole square right here. Let me see if I can make this a little. There yeah, we that's, go. That's so this 18 Tango square right here covers almost all of the New England states. If you look, 19 Tango covers Maine down to Boston, right? So right. there's 19 Tango. So, so this 20 Tango covers um, Prince Edward Island and uh, whatnot out here in Canada. So when they sit there and give you these, um, you know, uh, mapping nomenclature designators, it covers a huge swath of land. So like right. 17 Romeo is Florida. Right. 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 And, and Southern Georgia and um, maybe a portion of Alabama down here as well. Um, and so if you're in the wrong square, so if you're supposed to be in 13 Sierra, which is, uh, right. Well, let's do this. If you were in um, 14 Romeo, 14 Romeo is down here in South Texas where my map, where my pointer is. Yeah. And so if you were off one, either one direction or the other, right. uh, if you were off by 13 instead of 14 Romeo, you're off in El Paso instead of Central Texas. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting, though, is that uh, MGRS would, is really kind of a cool idea, though, for puzzles, for puzzle caches. It is. Now, there's some really neat stuff about, and we kind of talked about some of this. If you look over Europe, right, there are some, all of a sudden you get these like really wonky big squares. Right. Right. And then you get this one right here that's really a small this 31 victor oh, is wow. a really weird small one 
Why is it? Oh. And then 32 Victor is um, is a bigger square. And so they kind of have gone in and, and done that for, um, one, for mapping purposes. There's nothing in 31 Victor except open ocean. Open ocean. Well, it's, yeah. But there's but other things open ocean too, but yeah. But if it was a full-size square, it would cut just the end of... <coughs> um, oh, I see. Sweden out and put it in a completely different map square um, and, right. and only have just the, the very tips of some of this. And so um, you can see in here where it's, you know, these oddball ones are done in red um, for you to show you where um, like 31 Victor, like this is the three degrees mark. You obviously can see where zero runs Huh. And whatnot. So it's it's the MGRS has some weird spots on the map um, in northern Europe, um, and then uh, like your map showed. Um, I don't know if I can. Um, so if, 30, 31 but, vectors. So the Swedes don't have to carry two maps. It's not because they're we're hiding Atlantis under there. <laughs> that's just, well, I'm not going to go that far. They may be. They're um, hiding something there. Right. But as you saw on on the maps that you were showing, um, there's a, a a Yankee and a Zulu in the north. Yeah. At the north hemisphere. And if you look down here at the bottom, there's an Alpha and a Bravo in, uh, the, in the South Pole in, in Antarctica. Um, and, and they're really – the interior portions of this Alpha and Bravo sections of the map are really odd compared to the rest of the map. Right. Uh, and so it it's unless you have a, a reason to be down this far south or that far <laughs> north in the northern hemisphere, there's no real reason for um, for us to try and go over those particulars of the map. Um, it it just is something that most people. Um, would have would probably have a hard time grasping um but you can see here um the map starts down at alpha and bravo then charlie to australia real quick i just want to see does australia have go the other, yeah go there you go Boop. and yeah, so there's there's is fairly normal yep. looking but yeah and so cover they're in, they're in the um H Juliet, Hello, Lima, there's yeah. you know, anywhere from, you know, what is this, 50 to 56? Yeah. So um, they're kind of, you know, they're they're down there. And uh, look, look at the western end, west, look at the western end of Australia. It looks like they've got a little bit in two grids by itself. So, yeah. And Tasmania is in its own. And what's interesting is you've, you know, I I love maps. I've looked at maps all my life, but I always forget that in my mind, I always think New Zealand is due east. I mean, that, yeah, the due east of Australia. It's not. It's southeast of Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's due east of, of Tasmania. <laughs> Darren wants to tell you that 53K is the place to be. Hey, Darren needs to keep an eye out on his on his post office box. Um, I sent his 
um, winnings package out to him the other day. I don't know oh, cool. how the Aussies are going to keep his package from me in quarantine, but it is on its way, Darren. So keep an eye out on the mailbox. Let us know when it gets there. And, and you're right. Um, 53 kilo is probably the, uh, the that's place, place to be. The, that's the square to be right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's good. All right, good. I, I don't want to, yeah, so I appreciate that. MTRS is interesting to me. Yeah, and it's different. And if you're not used to using it and you hear somebody spout it off, you might mistake it for UTM coordinates. Right. Um, you know, uh, all of the geocaches that were in Iraq um, were all put into um, – there was a spot. I don't know if it's still there for the longest time you had to put in there what the MGRS coordinates for your geocaches were. Right. That way people could use military GPS devices while they were off duty to go find geocaches hidden in a combat zone country. But, uh, Oh, well, well there you go. Hopefully it gets there soon, brother. Um, I, I sent some out. I think the Canadians got theirs, um, today, yeah, there were. I sent a couple of packages to Canada. They got theirs today. I haven't heard. I sent a package to um, the Kiwis off in New Zealand, and uh, so we'll see when the Kiwis get their mail. They're pretty good about letting me know that their stuff gets there. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes, and then uh, just keep an eye out. It's on its way, brother. So you know, um, interesting though. You know, something that 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 Tom would do because. Most people go, oh, UTM. I've, I got this. I got this puzzle cache figured out. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, UTM isn't quite working right. You know, that's kind of Tom's style is to really mess with people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I would. <laughs> uh, Tom's not. So, well, speaking about Tom, this is another thing that he pulled. Tom, did you pull this from Fizzy Calc? I did it using Fizzy. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to share this screen we're going to um show you guys this is something that tom wanted to to bring up and share um these coordinates are vary by the last digit in your decimal minute right so this one north zero 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 one zero zero west zero 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 one zero 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 Right. And so this is the one digit that's different. So we went up one digit in the the last digit of your decimal minutes. And right. you can see out here that it moved you six point zero four six two seven five feet. That's more or less at the equator. It moved you one meter north, or I'm sorry, two meters, six feet. Six feet. So it moved you six feet north by changing that just that one digit. Um, and by the same thing here, moving, we changed just this one digit right here, the last one in the west coordinates to move you, you know, just over six feet um, west. You know, to, the, to the west. A little um, bit more, yeah, 6.08, yeah. Right. And so... Um, and then that third one, I changed the last digit in both of them. So they're right. going diagonal. 
so you changed the one there and the one there, and it moved you eight point eight point five seven nine feet in a northwest direction, right? Oh, okay, right. So you Almost went right. you went one digit north and one digit further west. And it moved you eight, you know, almost eight, a little over eight and a half feet. Yeah. So, um, and then we we changed it a little bit. This is at north 30, right? And so this was at north zero zero. This is at north 30, right? And you can see that it really doesn't change a whole lot in your uh, movings north and south. Right, you're 6.04 feet at the equator, and you're 6.06 feet at 30 degrees of uh, latitude. Um, oh, but look at east-west. Yeah, but look at you exactly. So your longitude, you're now. We just changed again, just that one digit, and you moved 5.27 feet, so five and a quarter feet versus um, six feet here, right? Right. So, um, and then in your diagonal move by moving one digit north and then one digit west, you moved 8.03 feet from 8.57, right? So, and then Tom pulled these coordinates for north 60 degrees, and this works similarly going south, right? So south 30 degrees will still move you the same amount in south yeah. 60 degrees will move you the same numbers. But again, here you are at, at north 60 degrees. And if you just change just the one digit, the, the final digit in your decimal minutes um, by one, you still move 6.09 feet north, right? right. So from 6.04. So your your one digit consistently is moving you right at six feet north and south, regardless of how high up on the earth, right? Away from the equator you get. Now, where that matters, however, is wow. in or west in, yeah. in longitudes. Um, right? Longitude. Like yeah. Yeah, lo- yeah. Longitude. Yeah. So you move just this one decimal place at north 60 and instead of moving 6.08 feet you move 3.04 right you've moved now half the half the distance you know it's interesting because uh finland if anybody's wondering it's at 61 north so here's a good example of if, if you ever go to finland and geocache like you're talking about it's amazing yeah, so it's um, it's kind of neat to see these. Um, you know, Tom pulled all of this stuff out of PhysiCalc um, and and was excited about uh, versus you know. And so, yeah, you can see where you definitely, um, you know, move different amounts of space um, just by moving one decimal place in in your coordinate format. So. Um, if you ever get to some place that has a first to find and you get there and you're like, oh, there's no way. And you're thinking 
the guy had to have fat fingered it, you know, <laughs> fat fingered his coordinates when he put them in, which has happened before. Yeah. And, and you start sitting there thinking, well, you know, how far off could it really be? If I change this one digit, how far does it move you? Well, depending on where you're at in the world, north or south, it's going to move you about six feet, you know? Yeah. East and west will move you, um, you know, between six and three feet, give or take, you know, depending on uh, how far north or south in the hemisphere you are. So it's kind of a neat thing to see. I, I'm glad that Tom that is uh, interesting. pulled all of this and uh, and decided to share it. Um <coughs> interesting yeah definitely interesting well i'll bring it up for a couple points because you know I, um i hear newbie say oh my well my gps said i was accurate within two meters and i'm like okay your gps is that accurate but your coordinate system isn't <laughs> right right and if you don't take really good wife uh coordinates then yeah, if you're off two or three digits in that last place, well, that's 20 feet easy. Yeah, those aren't seconds. Those are minutes. Yeah. So um, another neat thing that um, Tom pulled was this, um, was make a square. Tom, you said there was a cache that was like this? Yeah, there was a puzzle like this where – and, and I thought, well, this is odd. We're just going to end up where we started. And you don't end up where you start. <laughs> so and in, in this puzzle, he gave you a particular spot. And he told you to go 24.9 degrees north and make the square. Turn, turn. I think he said turn right and make the square. So you do a projection from where you started, 24.9 miles to the north, get a new spot. And from there, you do a projection 24.9 miles at 90 degrees. And then, so I did it here. I, we're starting at the Hemisphere Tower, downtown San Antonio. And I thought, well, let's run a marathon. So we ran, we're doing 26 miles at zero degrees there. And, then and that gives you that gives you your second point. Second point, and then from there, I projected twenty six point two miles to the east at ninety. Ninety degrees, right? And that, and that gives you point three. And then twenty six point two miles due south, one eighty. That gives you point four. And twenty six two miles to the west. And are you back where you started? Back to where you are. Whoa! Oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're the difference between point one and point five, which I found interesting, but I knew was going to happen when we we're discussing this is 740 feet. So you're 740 feet to the east of where you started, which would be a really cool puzzle cache <laughs> um, for for people to tell them to, to oh, wow. waypoints <coughs> like that. Um, and then point five would be where the final container is. Well, you know, there's there's a good distance between you know 750 feet on the ground's a a pretty good little walk. Um, yeah, it's uh, you no know, couple football fields more. Yeah, you know, a little more than two foot two and a half football fields. Two and a half football fields. So that's that interesting. 
So to create yeah. it, you get your hiding spot, and you just run this backwards. And then wherever you ended up for point one, that that's where you would show it on the map. That's where you could put your your pin for your for your for your puzzle cache. Yeah. Right. Why do you not end up back at the same place? Because uh, we just went over there. We just went over <laughs> there. Right. Going up north. They go like that. They're not like this. They're like they go like that. That's right. So there you go. On the the longitudinal move on ours at the equator was six feet. Yep. Right. But 30 degrees up curvature was right. So you're having to account for that. It's level. amazing how much it is Right. over 26 miles. I mean, it, obviously 26 miles is quite a bit, but, but it, it moved you in the end 740 feet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the difference between going your 26.2 miles here versus here on the globe right was 140 feet yeah so as you you moved east or west from your north coordinates up here right from these ones up higher you moved a greater amount not a greater amount of space you just moved further on the map right to account for the curvature of the globe Um, and then when you came back down, you weren't, it, it didn't make a perfect square. But since you're attempting a perfect square, as far as on, on paper, you're doing 90 degree angles to make a square though. Right. But you're, doing is, 90, yeah. you're doing 90 degree angles on a grapefruit. So <laughs> it's not a flat earth. I'm, I'm still debating that. <laughs> not according to NASA. they apparently apparently claim they have taken pictures uh, from the moon i don't know that because i'm a charter member of flat earth society and i don't believe any of that but (laughs) that's for another show that's for another show whoops that's for the show all right That'd be a pretty weird coordinate system for flat earth. <laughs> well, that's what MGRS is. They've taken the world and laid it out flat. The globe and made it flat. Yeah, yeah oh, man. And so it's it's a really crazy, um, especially like when I was map reading in Europe and then all of a sudden like there's a square that's just missing on the map. And you're like, but where what the heck? Where did this you know, where did this, you know, square kilometer go? And they're yeah. like, oh, well, we just did away with it to compensate for the curvature of the earth. Changes. You just did away with it? What? You did what? It just straight up doesn't exist on, you know, when we were doing map reading from like Finland or no- Northern Russia for some of these maps that we had. Yeah. It, some of the grid squares were not kosher. So wow, um, y'all didn't mess with people and say, "Well, that grid's not there anymore because we blew it off the map." <laughs> <laughs> That's where the Red October's hiding at. Um, That's right. So, um, let's see. What else do we have here? <laughs> that, 
Got the video if you want to show that video, or also if you want to show people <laughs> the current mistake on geocaching.com. Sorry, geocaching.com, but you've got an error. It, it's a fun little... It's a little fun error, I guess. Look at that. Can you show that video? Yeah, um, I'll show the yeah, video. That video's good. Yeah, show that video of the lumpy earth. It's not very long, but it, it really is a really good... Um, Really well done. So thank yeah. you. Let me do that real quick. I am in Greenwich and I am standing on the prime meridian, zero degrees of longitude. <coughs> in the eastern hemisphere, that foot is in the western. Except my GPS tells me that I'm actually about 100 meters west of the meridian. It's actually a little way over there. And that's not an accuracy problem. The reading is correct. So what's going on? Well, first of all, the Earth. It is shaped like a, a slightly squashed sphere, but that's an approximation. In reality, it is not a perfect spheroid. And I'm not just talking mountains and valleys here. The entire thing is a little bit lumpy. So if you're designing a latitude and longitude system, you cannot take into account all those lumps. Instead, you pick a mathematical perfect spheroid, one that is as close as you can reasonably get. Now, the Ordnance Survey, the wonderfully named British government department that deals with maps, chose their spheroid in 1936, based on an earlier survey by Victorian astronomer royal George Airy. All official British government maps to this day use that spheroid as their base. And it works brilliantly, incredibly well, for the UK, where the measurements were taken. Unfortunately, the world is lumpy, and Airy's measurements weren't quite as good for the rest of the globe. So over the years, dozens of other spheroids have been chosen around the world, each one fitting best to a particular country. But no one minded that for a very long time because the resulting maps were never used together. They were on paper, so any map that was accurate enough that the spheroid could make a real difference would only cover a, a tiny area of the world. And besides, you navigated using local landmarks. You never had a magic device that said, here are some numbers, you are here. But then the space race came along and suddenly we had satellites and we had the need for one standardized latitude and longitude for the world so you knew your missiles were going to hit the right target. So in the 50s over at Johns Hopkins University in the US, the Applied Physics Laboratory and the US Navy set up the first satellite navigation system. And as the base point for their calculations, they used their latitude and longitude that they knew based on their North American spheroid. Now that spheroid then changed many times over the years, the scientific world refined its calculations, but that baseline stuck for American systems. And you can probably see where this is going. The GPS system, an American military invention that's now a global standard, uses a descendant of the American spheroid and baseline. The Royal Observatory up on that hill continues to use the British spheroid because, well, our government uses that spheroid because it's more accurate for geographic calculations within Britain, but also because it would be incredibly inconvenient to move that hill 100 meters that way. Who's right? Both of them. Neither of them. The truth is there can be no actual zero meridian. First of all, because the Earth is lumpy, it's always going to be a little bit wrong, but also because the Earth's tectonic plates move. According to GPS, Greenwich is moving, and so is pretty much every other point on land. Modern latitude and longitude are a mathematical abstraction, nothing more. So I really am in both hemispheres at once. It just Depends how you measure it. All right, so I love that. That's, um, and I really like how he was like, yeah. um, the earth is 
is lumpy. It's lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is well done. And it, and it really is. And, and it's, as we were talking about before the show, we've got what's called an equatorial bulge. And so the earth is really like a, if you gently squeezed a tennis ball. Yep. Right? It's kind of got this spare tire around the midsection. That's right. You know, it. Earth's eaten a few too many pumpkin pies <laughs> in its life and doesn't so, do the exercise it needs to. Um, <laughs> show and I forgot, we ran out of time. So the satellites, aren't they measuring from fixed spots on the planet? Make sure they're in the same spot, but yet they're. The plates are all moving, so if you pick a, you know, if it's beaming to this antenna over here and this antenna over there, and they're not on the same plate, then tectonic plate and things are moving. And yeah, I mean, in a yeah, um, things are are the Earth is dynamically moving all the time. Uh, many earthquakes here and um, whatnot. So. Um, that's one of the reasons why you heard him say in the video that they've changed their format several times. Um, and so there's that NAD 83 and NAD 87 and WGS 84, right? And if yep. you sit there and look at your, we'll just, I'll, I'll use this company as an example because I have multiple of their GPS receivers. But if you look in Garmin's, you can pick whether you're using NAD 83, NAD 87, or WGS 84. You can pick which which coordinate um, database you or spheroid from what the guy in the video was saying. You can pick which one of those you wanted to use. And they will, the difference between the two is, uh, is incredibly different. So- right. Um, it's always kind of fun to sit there and look at um, the difference between like NAT 83 and NAT 87 and WGS 84, um, which those were the three most common that right. you, could change. you could change them in a plugger. You can change them in your handheld GPS um, from one format to the other. You just have to be aware when you're changing it. But if you wanted to make a cool puzzle that not very many people would be able to you know, get <laughs> get right away right um you know changing your your coordinate system from uh nat 83 to to nat 87 or um you know one of these other formats that we don't use anymore because we almost all use wgs 84 now um you know that, that hey th throw a wrench in somebody's plans your <laughs> toolbox had a boatload of them in there so you know, yeah, make a puzzle to do that. You need to give some kind of clue that points where to go. We'll we'll have WGS eighty five in twenty twenty four, so you could maybe make one. You could really make things wonky coming up <laughs> in a few years. Well, Nat, what did you say, Nat? Nat, the we have two different Nats, right? Right now, not Nat. NAD 83 and NAD, NAD 87. Yeah. Cool. So, 27. Is it 27? Yeah. That's 27. 
Because I've run into that because utility industry and oh yeah, uh, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality wants to know where every one of your emission points is at. Well, you've got you've got to be on the same page with them on what coordinate system they're using. So I've run into that trouble too. Yeah, NAD twenty seven and NAD eighty three. So yeah, there's. I, you know, and the coordinates are not the same. So if you go look for benchmark discs, yeah, and you sit there, so you can, they'll sit there and tell you that originally the GPS coordinates for this were given in this format, and they have been scaled to hopefully be correct in, a, you know, in a different format now. Um, that's not always the case. Um, sometimes the coordinates are nowhere near right, um, you know, but it's, um, that's one of the ways that um, hunting for benchmarks, um, it's fun trying to, to find them because of some of that stuff. I wonder if the trig, uh, the trig ones too are that way, but the, but the interesting is this datum uses the Clark ellipsoid of 1866 with a fixed latitude and longitude at Meads Ranch in Kansas. How they figured that was the place to make <laughs> weird. Uh, I wonder if that's the same for because we have benchmarks in the U.S., but in other parts of the world they're trig points. I think right. I gotta look that up. I think it's trig points. So, like, if you're in 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 Canada, they're I think they're called. I'm checking. I'll make sure I don't misspeak. I'm sure I'll misspeak. It's part of triangulation stations. I mean, those um, trig points is kind of another way some people say that. I don't know if they're in all the. Each each one has a little bit different. Not a, not each one, but a lot of them do different things. As far as oh. we call them bench points, they're uh, in Australia. They're called uh, geodetic survey markers. Mm -hmm. uh, in Tokyo, or I mean, sorry, in Japan, they're just called. They're considered triangulation points. Uh, trig beacons is another way to put it. That's South Africa. Triangulation pillars in Spain. So there's a couple different systems out there. All right. So, um, but cool and useful for for uh, puzzles. This Bermuda 1957 map puzzle. That's ringing a bell in my head. I think I've seen that puzzle. All right, Gary. So you know that Mead Ranch triangulation station that you talked about just now? Huh? All right. So you ready? When did they when did they use that? It said 1866, but all right. So the geographical center of the lower 48 states is just outside of Lebanon, Kansas, which is uh -huh. 40 42 miles from where that Mead Ranch triangulation station disc is. Really? So you're looking at 42 miles, give or take, to the geographical center of the continental United States. Yeah. Maybe that might have had something to do with it. Uh, you know, um, 
there is looking at looking at it on the internet there is a really cool benchmark disc <laughs> that. you know that that needs to that charles needs to go and find there's also a really cool one uh, apparently 40 miles north at the geographical center of the continental united states but uh yeah it's kind of a neat deal that there's probably a they use that as a rough guess for where the geographical center of the U.S. was back in the 18 whatevers because um, the actual one is not far. It's just 42 miles up the road um, in, outside of Lebanon, Kansas. I wonder if you could find, I mean, I'm sure there are, but I wonder if anybody has ever taken the time to go well as you as you travel around your country whatever your country happens to be finding the geographical centers of your provinces um in 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 those kind of things like um currently um at the moment charles is in colorado here is the geographical center of colorado just to use that for an example but i think you can do this in any any, any of your locales so there's this there's the geographical center of colorado which <laughs> interesting that it's exactly 39 degrees north it's, yeah it's park county 40 miles west of colorado springs and southwest of castle rock it's at 39 exactly 39 degrees north but a little different on the west yeah well and we've probably all three been to the geographical center of texas or as close as we can get to it it's on private property um but there is a giant lookout tower at the geographical center of texas which is just outside of brady texas that's correct so there's a i think there's a there's a there's marker. A, there's a roadside park and a pool yeah. and a marker a historical marker and there's a tower out there that you can actually climb up. And at the time that I went up there, there was a like a lookout, a sight glass that um, that had a pair of crosshairs uh -huh. in the end of it. And you could look through it, and it actually pointed out to the crosshairs, ended up pointing directly out to where the center of the state was geographically. Um, so, but it was like, something like two point something miles um, from the roadside park area that's there. Uh, but you climbed up in that tower that was, I don't know, 60 feet tall. Oh, okay. And it shot a little deal out across this rancher's land. And um, there used to be a, a post out there with like a giant red, you know, six inch square metal post um, with a little sign on it so you knew where the geographical center was. So it was kind of neat. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, I mean, if you're near one, if you live near one, you know, kind of cool. Put a cache there if you can. Yeah. The one I think in, I don't, the one that was there in, at that roadside pull off in Brady was archived. I don't know if there's a new one there or not yet, but. So, all right, let's look at a couple of these caches before yep. we, with the last few minutes that we got. Um, yep. 
We'll look at this one first. It's called UTM Madness. It's one that Gary pulled out of thin air somewhere. It was Colorado, and it was uh, it's your buddy. No, this one isn't. Oh, is it? UTM Madness is not? Okay, I was thinking the one that's Denali's, but. Yeah, he, he's got the one, the next one we're going to look at. The next oh, two. Okay. So this one is UTM Madness. UTM Madness. Um, it's a difficulty three terrain, too. It is in Indiana, of all crazy states. Right. Um, but he gives you a... Um, He tells you that you're going to have to use UTM coordinates to to figure this thing all out. Right. He said that you're standing in currently in zone 16 Sierra. Um, and that you're 75 kilometers west of the center of the 16 zone. I put it in the chat room in case people are looking for it, by the way. Yeah. Um, and okay. what, so... Um, Just in case somebody was looking for it, it's in the chat room. Yeah, so it's kind of neat. The coordinates for the final he gives you in uh, UTM down here at the bottom. Um, and that he says you need to go to uh, a guardrail to figure out um, what the um, what numbers you need. Um, right and uh whatnot but it's kind of a neat um deal most people don't ever deal with um utm coordinates but they are listed right here on the cash page that's right. true underneath right. underneath your your degrees decimal minutes format is utm on every cash page um but a lot of people don't mess with them because they don't really understand how the UTM system works. Um, so this one wouldn't be hard if you knew what two digit numbers um, that were side by side with a space in between them. So you're looking for a four digit number with a space in there on a guardrail. Um, you probably could figure this out with Google Earth. Right. You know, if you wanted to be sneaky, sneaky. Um, but this is one that uses an alternative um, format for uh, figuring out where the cache container is. Um, That's cool. So UTM coordinates for that. Um, it's been found six times. Um, nice. Not very old. So it's right at about a year old. Yeah. Coming coming up on a year old. So. Um, not a bad little, um, not a bad little cash. Uh, the next one we'll look at is uh, UTM UV. This one is a puzzle cache by Denali Forty One. Uh, Denali Forty One is a Colorado cacher um, who is a avid mountain climber, um, and so almost all of his. Um, maps and caches that he has he uses a um, alternate he uses a decimal degrees um, for almost all of his caches so anytime that he has 
um, a spot where he can put something um, that is a, a odd format for most people. Um, it's going to end up being the decimal, <laughs> decimal degrees because that's what most of his maps are are in, are either decimal degrees or UTM. And either way, it's not a format that um, a lot of people use. This one is a three-stage um and you you can't take you can't take decimal degrees and try to um, fit it into a standard lat long if you try to if you try to throw in a standard lat long you're off <laughs> you're you're yeah you're off by a long way you're not even yeah they're they're completely different like we like uh in in uh, tom's example you had north 29 and then the next minute the thing after 29 was 35 but in decimal degrees for that same spot it was 29.58 so right not even not so nowhere you, close you can't force it in you can't fit that round peg in that square hole no and and he's got the uv attribute on this and the field puzzle um, attribute so you know when you figure out when you get to stage one, he's going to give you a redirector to stage two, but he's going to give it to you in um, something that's probably an oddball format. I can say this because I have found one of his puzzle caches um, that has done that, and I'll share that real quick. This one is. Um, This one is up in northern Colorado, Peterson's Ridge Multi. Um, we got this one while we were living in Wyoming and were completing the Wyoming County Challenge and snuck down into Colorado to grab a county because we we're right on the border. Um, and so anyhow, you go to the, the given coordinates for this. And at the time, we found a uh, – he goes into a lot about – um, Peterson's Ridge and ranked peaks and what qualifies as ranked peak, which really doesn't have a whole lot to do with anything except just general knowledge. Right. Um, so, but you get to the given coordinates for this one. <coughs> Excuse me. Chat room as well. GC and, three, GC three W 900. Right. And so this one um, you get there and he's got a bison tube now and like a matchstick container and inside those, it gives you a redirector. Now his redirector for this one says add 512 meters to your, um, Eastings <laughs> and then add 300 and something meters to your Northings. Right. And, and go there. And I, when I sat there and got there and I looked at that and was like, what is he talking about? What? Um, and so I had to do some Google searching and whatnot. And, uh, but we ended up getting up over the hill and finding this um, cash container. Um, and, and it was, you know, kind of a really cool um, view of it. But he had this old glass like peanut jar and uh it was hidden up there but uh had some good views up there on top of that hill and uh 
whatnot, but he's he's very famous around uh, Colorado for having some uh, a lot of UTM or a lot of decimal degree redirectors in his caches, um, and uh, they're really fun. They're they're well done, and and for as many caches as he has out there, I have only DNF'd one where the container was actually legitimately missing. Oh, wow. So he's, he has, well, yeah, he has caches in Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, probably some down in New Mexico, um, in the, up in the Rockies and just are phenomenally maintained. Um, he lanyards most of them so that they won't migrate off with snow or wind, um, and are generally well done caches. Um, Very cool. You know. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, (laughs) I guess one last thing about what three words. Yeah. uh, And what three words is divided into three meter squares. So um, three meters by three meters. It gives you. Kind of cool. Nine feet by nine feet squares, nine foot by nine foot squares. Right. That's why I did the one earlier to see if people, and of course, Lori saw that, but I'm sure that people saw it too, but it's different. <laughs> if you, but you ever see anything, if, if you're look, if you're doing a puzzle or you're trying to solve a puzzle and you end up with something like, engine wink smile and you're like what that's that's the crown of the statue of liberty that's the crown of the statue of liberty but if you think about it though you could because we you know as you guys mentioned as, as tom loves to mention he goes there's probably somewhere on a cache page the coordinates to the cache but you don't have to give coordinates you you could give other things that gets you to the same place. So we, in my area, there's a quite a few puzzles that use them. What three words? And they'll just, they'll have three words bolded in the thing. But there's also a few puzzles that use that as a red herring too. Oh yeah. That's You could use it that way too. But I guess you could be real tricky and you could take the word engine and you could maybe translate that into something else and make them come back to English or to some other language. Well, well, no, it has to come back to English. It has to come back to that word. Well, you could put them out of order. Right. Because if you put those same three words in what, in the, the what three words thing, but put them in a different order. Yeah. It's probably another point on the planet. Interesting. I'll try that real quick. And so you just have to put them in the order that gets you within two miles of the the posted coordinates, and yeah. you got it. I'm going to try to put smile in the front. I'm going to try to do smile engine winks. Where does it take me to? Where am I? I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do winks engine smile. Smile engine winks. Uh, somewhere in Connecticut. 
Yeah, that's that's not within two miles of the Statue of Liberty. No, it's not. <laughs> but interesting in in in. And where did yours end up, Tom? Uh, Manhattan. Is that what it's no? No, I'm. Uh, I said, Smile Engine Winks is west of New Haven. What did I do? Engine Wink Smile? Yeah, I thought you were doing Engine Wink Smile. I could do that. No, because that's the original. Engine Smile Winks? Winks Wink Smile Engine was the one you're doing, I think. All right. Winks. Smile. Winks. Engine. Smile Engine. That takes me to hey, it's uh, over in it's so, in Australia. In, yeah, oh, Australia. Victoria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, only one proper format for the what three words is going to put you in the right spot. So oh yeah, and if you if you do plurals, they're different. So yeah, if you do wink smile engine. You're in you're in, you're in Surrey, England. So yeah, what three words can be a real dastardly Oh, I like uh, that. I like that last one. The last one's kind of near the eight cash. Wink smiled engine. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, Snohomish, Washington. That's near the eight cash. Near the right. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Oh well. All right. So have fun with what three words because there's a lot. You can do a lot of puzzles with that. You can, and you can do a lot of puzzles with just just flipping. Um, coordinate formats um yeah, yeah exactly so there are several tools cash sleuth the minnesota website um fizzy calc geocache toolbox um any of those will be able to convert those to usable coordinates for you guys and uh yeah it, it's there's a lot of fun to be had with it um there's a lot of headaches to be had with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Puzzlers go 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 crazy. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, right. No, if you if you what three word electric water boy? He's sitting in Selma, Texas, right now. He is. He's right there. He's right there, and that's interesting. That's why. No, have you have you done what three words on electric water boy to see what it goes to? No, there's nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. We'll go change the system for you. <laughs> That's right. Electric water boy. What three words is in Selma, Texas? I know that. But you know, there's some places you use this. What three words is for their um, mail delivery? Oh, really? That's that's what they came up with it for. Original, right? Search and rescue in Colorado uses it. Right, because quick, and they can, yeah. and you immediately have it. And you don't have to give out you because sometimes it's hard to understand somebody if they're like giving you numbers and stuff and dot yeah. this and dot that. Yeah. All right. We done? We're done. Tom. We're done. I believe we can put a fork in us. Put a fork in it. Here we go. Mm-hmm.